0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد So continue, continuing with the hadith that we stopped at last uh, week الحديث السادس والعشرون عن أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كُلُّ minan مِنَ النَّاسِ عَلَيْهِ صَدَقَةً كُلَّ تَطُلَعُ فِيهِ الشَّمْسِ Every single joint, the Messenger said, of mankind, every single joint that mankind have, there is a charity that is due upon it every single day that the sun rises. بَيْنِ اثنَيْنِ صَدَقَةً The Messenger, he goes on to say, You bringing about reconciliation between two people, is a sadaqa. two people are disputing two people are in disagreement you reconciling between the two sadaqah sadaqa. you aiding a man in his riding beast and so you carry him upon it or you lift for him his Belongings, his luggage upon it is a sadaqa. A good word is a sadaqa. And every step that you make and every step that you walk with to the masjid, uh, to the salah, is a sadaqa. And removing something harmful from the path is a sadaqa. Sheikh Abdul al abad his explanation to this is brief, three parts. We mentioned last week that, um, firstly, the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam has told us in another narration that the son of Adam, his joints are how many? 360. Okay, what if some scientist comes along and he says, ah, it's not uh, your Messenger is wrong. 200 or 500, whatever he may say. What's the mawqif of the Muslim? Does the Muslim do what so many people whose iman is weak do? That they end up giving their own little twist to the hadith, twist to the kalam of the Messenger alayhi salatu Is that the attitude of the believer? Is that how? Is that a sign of strong iman? No, that's a sign of weak iman. So strong iman is what? al Rasul alayhi salatu said such and such. The imams from the salaf, they confirmed it to mean such and such so what do you do just take it and you believe it anybody that comes along and says anything to the that is in contradiction to the statement of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam you take it and you throw it against the wall some Muslim comes along some Muslim academic comes along a Muslim that has that has studied comes along but now you find him going against the statement of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam because of his Inferiority complex when he is before the kuffar Before those who don't believe in Islam and therefore what the Prophet says has no value to them They make statements. They have theories. They make they have opinions They have opinions that contradict the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam statement You find unfortunately certain Muslims that call themselves theologians that call themselves scholars even fraudulent scholars those those fraudulent scholars that have this inferiority complex before the kafirun the kafir says something that contradicts the statement of the messenger alayhi salatu these fraudulent scholars what do they end up doing they end up taking on board the kalam of the kufar and they end up giving some type of allegorical metaphorical twist to the statement of the messenger alayhi salatu this shows the weakness of that person's iman. So, as for the Salafiyun, as for the people that follow the path of the Salaf, they believe in whatever the Salaf, the early ulama of Islam, believed in. As for those people, then they take whatever the Messenger والسلام, said, they take it full on, they believe it full on, and they give no attention to what the statements that the Kafirun. And the deviants say in contradiction to the statements of our Rasul. So that's the first point. Likewise, why is it the case that we should give sadaqah for our joints? Because we cannot do anything without these joints. Every single thing that we do, since the time we get up, since the up until the time we go to sleep, it has a result of us being able to move our our joints. Therefore, every single thing that we do, because it has a result of these joints moving, there is a sadaqah that is, that is due upon them. And the Messenger, wasalam, he told us in, a different, in another narration, that two raka'at, that you pray at the duha in the forenoon, two raka'at, that you pray, it suffices. It suffices for the sadaqah that is due upon those joints two that you pray <coughs> at the forenoon time it suffices for the Sadaqah that is due upon your 360, 360 joints why because when you pray two rakaat in a, a, a worship of Allah paying gratitude to Allah remembering Allah being submissive to Allah when you pray those two rakaat then you use those joints of yours and therefore that suffices as a charity uh 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 on uh, for those for those joints for the blessing of those joints the next part part number 2 sheikh abdul muhsin abbad he uh, highlights kull qurbah yati biha al insanu sawa'an kanat qawliya aw fi'liya fa hiya sadaqa every single act of worship that a person does is a sadaqa Every single act of worship that a person does is a sadaqah. And what the Messenger والسلام, mentioned here in this narration, in terms of helping somebody on his riding beast, helping him put his luggage on his riding beast, bringing about reconciliation between two people who are arguing, differing between each other's, This was just an example that the Messenger was giving. He mentioned these things just by way of an example, just to illustrate to us how a person can be charitable by you helping someone in terms of their luggage on a, on a riding beast, that's a Sadaqah. Obviously in our times, you're not really going to find somebody riding on a donkey or a horse or a camel outside on the main road. So that's an example. The equivalent of that obviously would be a car. Someone he needs help in getting into his car. You saying to the person, Sir, don't worry. I'm coming to help you. You open the door for him. You help him get inside because he's on crutches, for example. sadaqa Sadaqa because you have a joint. A joint that you use every day. A person, he needs help in his luggage being placed in the car. He can't lift it. Sadaqa. Another example is something that I think some of the Bolton brothers did in Cardiff a year or so ago, you have a, someone who's broken down in their car. Car's broken down, it's not working, it needs to be jump-started, and people need to push the car. You're getting behind the car and pushing that car? Sadaqah. All of these, uh, uh, all of these matters, all of these qurubat are sadaka. All of these qurubat are, are sadaqah. What the Messenger said here was only by way of example. <coughs> and sadaka. It can be divided into two parts, as far as the recipient of the uh, sadaqah is concerned. Sadaqah can be divided. Charity can be divided into two parts, as far as the recipient of the sadaqah is concerned. (coughs) Sadaqah that is qasira. Sadaqah that is muta'addiya. Sadaqah that is qasira, limited. Sadaqah that is muta'addiya. That is, um, the, where somebody else is the recipient of the sadaqah. The first one, the qasirah, that sadaqah that is qasirah, limited, restricted, meaning that sadaqah where you are the only recipient of it. You are, you, the one who gave the sadaqah, is the one that is the recipient of the sadaqah. An example of that is salah, you pray salah, sadaqah, sadaqah upon yourself, charity upon yourself. You make dhikr, dhikr, sadaqah upon yourself. We mentioned an example last week from the hadith of last week, a person engaging in relations, intimate relations with his, uh, the one that is halal for him to engage in relations with. Sadaqah upon yourself if you have the intention (coughs) of keeping yourself chaste and pure That's one form of Sadaqah. The Sadaqah that is Muta'addiya Is the Sadaqah where others are the recipients of that charity Like for example giving somebody money Like for example giving somebody your time Like, for example, pushing someone's car. Like, for example, helping someone in the supermarket to get a pint of milk from the shelf. Like, for example, a man um, or somebody, man or woman, engaging in intimate relations with their uh, legal partner, their husband, their wife, with the intention of keeping that person chaste as well. Keeping that person pure as well. That is now Sadaqah where Muta'adiya Where the sadaqa The recipient of the Sadqa, The recipient of the charity is someone else So Charity is of two types And both forms of charity are legitimate are valid Both forms of charity They can be done on behalf of the blessing of having your joints Likewise Charity as we've seen from the statements of the messenger alayhi salatu wassalaam are Qawliya and fi'liya Likewise we have seen from the examples that the messenger alayhi salatu gave Concerning charity that charity can be qawliya and fi'liya Qawliya meaning Charity that is statement based meaning words that you say And the second, charity that is fi'liyyah, charity that is action-based, things that you do. Charity can be done from your tongue, and charity can be done physically, from your actions. So an example of the charity that is uh, qawliyyah is the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, saying, وَالْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةُ صَدَقَةٌ A good word is sadaqah. As alaykum, brother. How are you? You're looking nice today. Sadaqa. MashaAllah, brother. Um, I heard you had a son. It makes me happy to know that you had a son. Sadaqa. you saying that is going to make him happy. Sadaqa. Saying subhanAllah. Walhamdulillah. As we mentioned before. Sadaqa. When the Messenger said, Wal kalimatu tayyibah. Sadaqa. A goodly word is a sadaqa. Scholars have mentioned that this is in reference to all goodly statements that come from your tongue So it doesn't just mean saying nice things to people That is part and parcel of it but Anything and everything that comes from your tongue Which is good in the eyes of Allah That is part and part That is within this term Al-Kalima-tuh-Tayyibah al kalima a goodly statement is anything good that comes from your tongue. Whether it's saying something nice to someone, or whether it is saying Subhanallah Alhamdulillah illallah wa akbar or reciting the Quran. Anything that comes from your tongue, which is uh, good in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is termed as Al Kalima al-tayyiba, a goodly statement. Likewise the Messenger والسلام, he mentioned every step that you make to salah is a sadaqah is that a sadaqah qawliya or a sadaqah fi'liya every step that you take to the salah is it a sadaqah qawliya or a sadaqah fi'liya uh amen are you fi'liya sent. it is related to your action it's a physical sadaqah and likewise the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam he mentioned that you bring about reconciliation between two people is a and huh? Both? Now, if we understand fi'liya uh, to be in relation, well, you never know. If they are fear, you're right. <laughs> if they're fighting between themselves physically, then you have to physically get involved. But let's just say that they are people that are uh, uh, just disputing, huh? yeah? Qawliya, What's important to mention here is that bringing about reconciliation between two people that are disputing, a person should enter into it when he has the ability to bring about, to bring about reconciliation. This is something other scholars mention. You see two people, they are disagreeing between themselves you see two people disputing between themselves so you say right I'm gonna go sort this out I want to get sadaqa by sorting this out you can't do that yeah and you just go in there without knowing what the dispute is about without knowing anything about what is happening without knowing how to rectify there is a methodology that is meant to be employed when rectifying when bringing about rectification there is there is wisdom that is meant to be used when bringing about Rectification between two, two people that are disputing between themselves. So it isn't as simple as just going in without having any knowledge as to how to, bring in, how to bring about rectification. It isn't about just going in without having the ability to bring about rectification. Perhaps those two people, they hate you anyhow. Perhaps those two people, they will not have any respect for what you say anyhow. Perhaps when you try to bring about rectification between those two people that are disputing, more harm is going to be produced than good, and it happens. Therefore, if it is the case that two people are disputing, the scholars they mention, if it is the case that two people are disputing, you should go and bring about rectification if you have the ability. If not, then you bring about rectification between the two of them by way of dua you use the other was the other wasila the other means that you have at your disposal to help these two people and that is a dua and no doubt it is a powerful means So that is something that is important to mention that is something of the scholars they mentioned when explaining this hadith, this part of the hadith <coughs> and likewise the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentioned what to meet other anit tariq sadaqah physically removing something From the path, physically removing a harmful matter. From the path is a sadaqah. Sadaqah fi'liya. Part number three is a summary of the benefits. And the benefits are six. Number one. (coughs) The first thing that we learn from this hadith that there is due upon every single joint of the human being a sadaqah. Every single day. Every single every single day there is a Sadaqa due upon every single joint of the human being Whether it's a Sadaqa that is Qasira or muta up to you Sadaqa Qasira you can give Sadaqa muta a Limited Sadaqa a restricted Sadaqa or a Sadaqa that is muta a restricted sadaqah, meaning a sadaqah where only you are the recipient of the sadaqah. You're giving a sadaqah upon yourself, such as salah, such as dhikr, such as any act of worship. All the sadaqah can be muta'addiya, such as you're walking to the mosque. You're, you're the only one that's benefiting. Muta'addiya where someone else is the recipient of the sadaqah smiling at the face of another brother what else resolving disputes and one last one helping a traveler <clears throat> point number two <clears throat> an encouragement to bring about rectification between two people that are disputing with, with justice fairly and justly bringing about rectification between two disp- people that are disputing number three this hadith what we learn from this hadith is the muslim is encouraged to help people besides himself in what they need the muslim is encouraged to help others Others besides himself, obviously, in those things that, that, that they need. A person shouldn't be selfish. Rather, a person, he should help others, aid others in those things that they need. Such as helping someone getting into his car. Helping someone get his luggage into the car. That's just an example. Number four. In this hadith. There is an encouragement to engage in all forms of good speech, kalam tayyib, good speech, such as dhikr, such as bira'ah of Qur'an, such as teaching, such as da'wah, and other than that. Number five, in it, in this hadith, is the virtue of walking to the masajid. And there is another hadith in which it is mentioned that for every step that a person makes uh, every step that a person makes going and coming back from the masjid there is a reward there is a reward for every single step that the person makes to the masjid and likewise when he returns for every single step that he makes there is a reward Number 6 the final point number 6 In it is the virtue of removing something harmful from the path. And likewise, we're aware of the fact that there is another hadith within which it has been mentioned that removing something harmful from the path is from the branches of Iman. Such as, such as doing what? Such as doing what? Ah. Such as? Nail, for example. Yeah, nail. Don't move a traffic cone, it's there for a reason. But yes, a nail. If you remove a nail with the intention that it doesn't burst a tire, for example, that's sadaqah. And it's from the branches of Iman. Tamam. al-hadith is sabiq al Does anything need to be repeated? Second benefit. Second benefit. second benefit encouragement to bring about rectification between two people with justice anything else number 4 encouragement to engage in kalam tayyib good speech <coughs> anything else 27th حديث عن النواس بن سمعان رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال البر حسن الخلق والاثم ما حاك في النفس وكرهت ان يطلع عليه الناس رواه مسلم In this narration the messenger عليه salatu he said al righteousness is good character good manners righteousness is good manners and sin إثم, sin is what causes uneasiness in the soul and you hate that other people find out about it again righteousness is good manners and sin is what you sin is what causes uneasiness within the soul and you hate that other people find out about it that's one narration that Imam Nawawi quotes here he likewise quotes another narration which is very similar in manner uh, in meaning the, the narration of wabisah ibn ma'bad radiyallahu ta'ala an qal ataytu rasul allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa qal ji'ta tas'al 'an al-birr wal-ithn sawabisa ibn ma'bad he said that i came to the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then the messenger said you've come asking about birr and ithn you have come asking about Righteousness and sin or Naam, I said, yes All I stuff the the messenger said ask your heart I'll be room at my end delay in nuts. What righteousness is What? the heart is at ease with that uh, rather he said, al-bir righteousness is what the soul is at ease with and what the heart is at ease with. Again, the messenger said, al-bir is what the soul is at ease with and the heart is what ease with, is at ease with. And if sin is what Causes uneasiness in the soul and تردد في nafs. It causes a يعني, wavering in the soul, in the, in the chest It causes a person to become indecisive It causes a person to take a step forward and take two steps back It causes a person to have this taraddud, This taraddud, this indecisiveness, this waveringness in his chest wa in afta'kan nas wa aftauk even if people give you verdict upon verdict even if people give you verdict upon verdict hadith hasan rawaynahu fi musnaday al ahmad ahmad ibn Muhammad al tamam this narration is divided or rather the explanation to this narration is divided into eight parts obviously we're not going to cover those eight parts today because Uh, Time is short, but a few points that are important to mention a few points that are important to mention We don't want people to walk away after having heard this hadith With a faulty understanding The messenger he said That Sin is what Causes uneasiness within you sin is what causes uneasiness within you and you hate that other people find out about it does that now mean that the marji' al-mutlaq that the absolute reference point for sin for determining what is a sin is your soul is your heart does that now mean that if you want to know is this thing halal or is this thing haram? All you have to do is just ask your heart, ask your soul, and you have the answer. Is that what it means? No. Okay, so what is the marji? What is the absolute marji? The absolute reference point for determining what is halal and haram? Sharia. The book of Allah, the sunnah of the Messenger, the law that Allah Jalla has. Revealed that is the marji That is the reference point. So what does this mean? The sign of something being a sin an indication that something is a sin is This uneasiness that a person feels You're about to do something you have the intention of doing something you want to do something you think about embarking upon a certain thing but you have this uneasiness within you, oh, shall I do it, shall I not do it? You have this taraddud, this indecisiveness. You take a step forward to do it, but then you end up taking two steps backwards as well. You have this taraddud, this indecisiveness about doing it. If a person has that, not every person as we may mention later on, not every person, but generally speaking, if a person does have this taraddud, He has this indecisiveness. He has this uneasiness inside of him. He has this dislike that anybody ends up finding out that I've done such and such. He has this anxiety, apprehension that what if someone finds out that I've done it. If you have this type of feeling then that is a sign, that is an indication that you, that that thing is a sin. And that is a sign and an indication That you should refrain from embarking upon that thing. Up until you find out for definite that it is halal. Up until you find out for definite that it is permitted for you to do. It's a sign for you. It's an indication for you not to do that thing. Don't do that thing. Are you feeling uneasy about doing it? Will you feel ashamed? Will you feel ashamed if people find out that you've done it? Okay. Then better for you not to do it. It is from water. It is from water. It is from a form of piety not to do it. If you want if you want to be from Ashabul Wara, if you want to be from the people of water, a form of piety, and don't do that thing that you're uneasy about inside of yourself. Don't do that thing that you feel ashamed about if people find out of. People find out about. Again. Is it the case that this feeling is a marji? It's not the marji. The marji is the sharia. The marji is the legislation. Therefore, if it is the case that that particular thing, there is clear cut evidence that that thing is permitted, that thing is halal, then you, shouldn't, then, then you should not give any attention to this taraddhad that you have. Allah the Most High has made it halal for you to eat uh, uh, meat, meat such as uh, the meat of the beef, the the fish and what have you. There is no ambiguity in that regard. A person should not have the taradud in general about the hukam of eating lahm. A person should have no taradud in general about drinking water. A person should have no taradud about marriage and what have you. Why? Because the evidence is concerning. This is clear. There is no ambiguity in that regard. Those things for which a person does not have any knowledge, no understanding, no evidence concerning, he genuinely is doubtful. Is it halal? Is it haram? He does not know the evidence. He does not have any knowledge about it being halal and haram. And he has this taraddud inside of himself. He has this uneasiness inside of himself. He's ashamed that other people find out that he has done it. And that is a sign that it's a sin. That is a sign that he shouldn't do this. Now, this here, the scholars they mention, this feeling, this uneasy feeling that a person gets concerning a thing that he's about to do, a thing which most likely is a sin, this is in favor of that person who is a person of water, who is a person of piety. It's not in favor of anybody and everybody. Let me explain this. Who did the Prophet Sallallahu say this statement to? Who did he say? To whom did he say, "Well if." Who did he say this to? Who did he say, "Sin is what uh, 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 causes uneasiness in the self, and you hate that people find out about it." He said to Ahlul iman he said it to a sahabi. He said it to his companion. He said it to that person that he knew is a person of of piety of water. And therefore, this is not applicable absolutely to anybody and everybody. Someone that is engaged in fujur, someone that is engaged in immorality, sin, uh, obscenity and what have you, open sinner. That person does not have that ihsas. He does not have that feeling, that sensitivity to sin. He openly sins anyhow. He has no shame in committing sin in front of of people anyhow. So how is he going to get that feeling inside of his soul of being shameful that people find out that I've done such and such a sin when he already commits sin in front of people anyhow. When he already is a person of fujoor. Kathratul imsas, you ballid al ihsas, as they say. Touching something again and again, rubbing something again and again, you ballid al ihsas. It numbs the sensation, it numbs the feeling. You touch something again and again and again and again, you rub something again and again and again, you ballid al ihsas. It causes that feeling to become desensitized. It causes that feeling to become numb. So a person is sinning again and again. A person is persistent in, f- in fujur. A person, he openly commits sin. Then that ihsas, then that feeling, then that sensation will become numbed. He'll become desensitized to that feeling that Ahlul wara, Ahlul Taqwa have. That feeling of being shameful that people find out about my sin. That feeling of Uneasiness about embarking upon a certain sin. The people of Fujur don't have that The people of sin that persistently engage in sin they don't have that So therefore this rule isn't applicable Absolutely, it is for the one that is a person of what the person of water will have that feeling The person of water will have that feeling a person of piety will have that feeling. I feel uneasy about doing this thing. I feel uneasy about this specific business transaction. I feel uneasy about eating this specific burger here. I feel uneasy ab- and so on and so forth. I have, I, if people find out about it, I would dislike it. If a, person find, if a person finds this sensation within inside of himself, then that is an indication that he should not embark upon it InshaAllah ta'ala, we'll elaborate upon this matter further next week. Again, apologies for uh, the delay today. So, unless there's any questions, rather use the definition that the Messenger gave. Sin is what causes uneasiness within yourself. And He causes taraddud in the person. Indecisiveness in the person. Allahu Taala Muhammad.